It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome! To the shutdown full cast. This is the end of the first month of the college football season. It's a time to reflect. Some people wait till the end of the season to do that. But you know what? Some people are slow. We run the hurry up here because we play football and talk about it in the 21st century. Ain't that right, y'all? Wait, we play football? We That's right. hurry? All of us. We don't. Speaking, I don't. I don't play football. Which of the, us hurries? Ryan hurries. I am constantly behind and therefore hurrying, but that's different. I think Ryan hurries to and fro the office on public transit, at le- or at least previously did. Now I assume it's more leisurely. Depending on when you're listening to this, yeah. I think that Jason probably runs a... You, you, you're the triple option here, right? You're just going to crank down the field no matter what. Yeah, even if we're down by forty-eight, I'm still just gonna run run my run my scheme. Yeah, and I am the University of Chicago's football program. Just you know, canceled until recently. <laughs> but we we are going to review the first month of the season because I think for a number of reasons we need to look and say nobody will remember this, right? Like nobody. There's there's so many things that happened in September that people go, "Oh man, that's so important." And by the time November rolls around, nobody remembers any of it. What will what will we remember at this juncture? Is I, there anything that you're confident like, yeah, this time in May, we will remember this thing that happened? I will remember Hugh Freeze's many uh yep. bouts of lumbago. Yep, yep. And his and his ever upgrading furniture accessory, like a video game character, just saving more simoleons. I will remember Hugh Freeze eventually becoming a mech warrior. Mm-hmm. 
Hugh Freeze, giant walking tank. That's it. That's it. Yeah, that, that really is about it. I think I might remember. Uh, I know that one thing I will remember, and we can get into this in greater detail. I will remember LSU getting out of the gate like they have never gotten out of the gate before. And our, I, I like to think of him as my stepson because he's Jason's son, right? Whoa. Wait, that's the wrong relation. Yeah, godson. Yeah. Godson. He's my that, godson. So that would mean. Yeah. Means Thinking, y'all are y'all are married. Yeah. Yeah, that's sure. That's canon. Yep. That's yep. sure. <laughs> Honey, we're proud of our boys, what I'm trying to say. I would like to yeah. believe that we're gonna remember the Colorado Hail Mary from like their home too, but I don't think that's true. No, no I'm gonna say the answer is no because it was not a Hail Mary. Will we re- okay, will we uh sorry, the flea flicker. Apologies. See? Yep. You're already, <laughs> already right. for already forgotten. <laughs> will we remember the pit special? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. As we will re- remember UCLA Wazoo. Yeah. Um. We won't remember Michigan Wisconsin. Like. Oh, but we will. <laughs> I don't think. No, I honestly don't think we will. I think either by the end of the year, Michigan will have had other things that went poorly, where we say like Jesus, it all sort of blends together, or. Michigan will have turned it around and will just sort of be like, ah, whatever, you know. Mm, I just, I don't that know. One stands I, out. That one I stands out. Maybe it will. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't, I don't, I'm not convinced that that will hold in memory. Maybe that's the like cusp. Okay, sure. Is it, is it more or less memorable than Michigan uh, playing against Super Michigan? But first, we have some very brief podcast business. Speaking of hurrying, Jesus Christ. Yeah, Yeah. we have podcast business. We have a live show with tickets available, at least as of now. They've started moving pretty quickly. Uh, Happening Friday, October 4th in Charlotte, North Carolina at, I'm going to butcher the name, but I'm going to try it, Old Mecklenburg Brewery. Did I do it right? Like Carl Mecklenburg. I I don't know who that is. Uh, Denver Bronco, NFL Crunch Course legend. Okay. Um, Old Mecklenburg Brewery. Tickets are $35. With that, you get some nice snacks. We're getting some food set up for y'all. Uh, or you can bump it up an extra $20, and you will get a home field shirt out of the deal that is $5 off what we normally charge for those shirts. There was some confusion about this. No, we are not charging you $20 for a $5 coupon. Although if we thought of that and we thought we could get away with it, we would have. Do crimes. Do crimes. Oh, we got it. Somebody did suggest that um, McGruff's Oklahoma um, brother crime dog. The do crimes, crimes dog? That should, should, should be called McGriff. So. I like that very much. <laughs> McGriff, the do crimes dog. <laughs> Steal things. Go, go Sooners. Boomer. I mean, land thieves. Yep. So that's that's podcast business. We'll keep it short. We also have a Jacksonville show happening on no- Friday, November 1st. Tickets for that are not on sale as of the time we are recording this, but by the time it comes out, they might be. Who knows? Um, I will say that tickets are going weirdly quick for Charlotte, so get on that if you yep. want to join us. 
that surprises if, and, us. <laughs> and if and if you would like either of these events to be your rehearsal dinner for a wedding, because some people suggested that's why they wouldn't be able to come, you you can turn our live show into your rehearsal dinner. That's fine. You just have to, you know. Oh pay, shit! Yeah. Pay for the tickets. I'll do a speech. That's yeah. I won't. No, you don't want that. Not one bit. Now I will dance. You gave the, the best speech at my wedding because it was short. Yes, it's very short. I will do this. I will dance. I will get people out on the dance floor or drive them off, but nothing in between. It will be one or the other. Okay. So that's podcast business. Yep. Goodbye. Spencer, Spencer will be your minister at your wedding. Is what we've learned. Uh, has anyone else here conducted a wedding? Because I have. Yes. Wait, have you really? Yeah. Who's? We have uh, dueling ministers. Yeah. I I forgot to, we did not um, do a, a proper rehearsal because the bride and groom were sort of like, ah, eh, we don't need to, whatever. So I did not, um, in my notes, I did not tell the congregation to sit down. So they stood throughout the duration of the ceremony. Hell yes. However, because we had not rehearsed it, we did not realize that we only had 11 minutes of material. So it wasn't that bad. That sounds like a great wedding. Yeah, it went fine. Remember, all anyone wants out of a wedding is cake and alcohol. Speeches, they're extra. Cake is pretty overrated, I gotta tell you. They don't want Hard that much. Hard agree. Yeah. I, having, having just made a birthday cake for my daughter, cake sucks, man. Cake sucks. Fuck I cake. I had a terrific wedding cake. Sorry about y'all. Yeah, cake, cake is... is tra- all cake is trash. Yeah, it's cake not is specific. A... It's not specific to wedding also, cake. Also, or... ho- Holly... Dear cake- me. Cake is not the thing that stands out from your from your uh, <laughs> wedding. It's dinosaurs and you had a grits bar, right? Uh, we had a we had a grits bar, but I was actually laughing because I was thinking about um, Spencer's wife breaking a full martini glass with her bare oh, hand yeah. against the chest of an extremely belligerently drunk friend. Yeah, uh, of mine. I, I was just talking about the food and beverage, but yeah, that also happened anyway. That's definitely my stand-out Yeah. Yeah. Cake sucks, though. No, it's good. Sorry. Yeah, Cake can good. go to hell. Cake can Good, sir. Good, sir. sir. How dare you say that to Red Velvet? Oh, Christ. Red Velvet? I love Red Velvet Okay, cake. now you're on an island. <laughs> I'm always... Look, look Jason, they're already color. turning on each other. It's just, yeah, we're all going to eat each other on Cake Island because we're full of cake and Made therefore a cake. delicious. Red velvet is just regular cake that is red. Don't yep. fall for No, it. you it don't. Is. You got to be able to listen. It's food coloring. Either the elected can taste the red or you can't, but Ugh. the red is the flavor that makes and it then, so good. And then, like, the next day you think you have poop cancer. Man, I fell for this shit when I was a kid drinking Kool-Aid and quarter water. Come on now. I've learned by now. Oh, it doesn't make it taste different. Oh, are you, are you the guy who points out that there's people inside the Mickey suit at Disney? Uh-huh. Go with no, the magic. No, he's, he's full of cake, too, because he sucks. Oh. <laughs> he's full of cake. It's just, you just tear off the head, and he's like, oh, God, there's cake are in here. Are people to enjoy the magic now? What a conundrum. Are we, are we agitating against ruining things for people now? What a conundrum for a child. That if they ripped off Mickey's head and there was delicious cake inside. Free cake. Free <laughs> cake. Be, but you got to kill the thing you love. I mean, I like, think once his head is off, the it, the child brain is just cake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably where you. It would be a agree. shame to let it go to okay, waste. Okay, well, let's. We've we've got four here. Let's take. We, we've got two boys, two girls. Let's take a parental poll. How would your individual children react to seeing a Mickey head removed and just a void of cake inside? 
Ryan, start with you because yours is the most recent cake consumer. She would just talk too much about, like, my child is just chatty as shit. So she'd just find every stranger and say, hey, come look over here. There's cake. All right, Jason. Are we talking, like, costume person at Disney? Yeah. Yeah. That person's head falls off? And, and it's, it's cake. And, and it's all cake. It's all cake all the way down. Yeah, I think she's crossed the age at which uh, the brain would immediately swing to, look, cake. She would remember the, the uh, origin of the cake. And I don't think she would eat it. So she would be horrified that what had seemed like a corporeal person was now cake. Yes. Okay. I have one child who would ask for permission to eat the cake head. (laughs) And I have one child. And one who would not. I have one who would be the thing that pulled the head off. (laughs) Right? The one who said, when I ask, I'll say, hey, why did you do that? He goes, because I thought there might be cake inside. And I was right. I am the mouse slayer, father. Hail me, mouse slayer. (laughs) I wanted it, and I made it happen. Power is what you can take, father. (laughs) That's not far off, man. (laughs) This this child the other day said the following line. In this story that I wrote, I use a hammer. And a hammer is something I use to fight crime in the 1990s. <laughs> sure. Spot sure. the lie. Sure. Uh, yeah. My my daughter on her third birthday said, pancakes are my life. <laughs> I, again, where is the lie? I don't, yeah. Anyway, children are very different, I think is what we've learned. We have some awards to hand out. I know Ryan in, in particular <laughs> has. But no list. cake. No cake. Hell yeah. Whose side are you on? Because I keep the cake. Oh. I'm turning this boycott my way. See, right? this is a win-win. Win-win. Spencer's a fucking cake pin- kingpin controlling the flow right. of cake. See, I'm doing the I'm doing the bootleggers thing where you're on one side of the state line. You're a loose you go, cannon, Hall. There'll be no drinking here in Gainesville, Florida. <laughs> We're clean. And meanwhile, Spencer. I'm just running booze into town, right? The goddamn price gouging cake baron. Actual cake boss. Me, cake right? boss! Oh my god. <laughs> Actual cake boss. Running in them Valdosta red velvets. You know, I'm running in some of them Savannah buttercreams. Yeah. He burned down the hand pie factory. Yeah, He's that's right. brutal. And you know what? Because that was a competitor. And I'm sorry if I'm trying to keep the good people of Alachua County underweight and happy. Damn it. <laughs> anyway, what are we giving out now? The assies. Oh, the Assies, yeah. Hmm. Kind of named for El Asico, even though that's a game that might be done now. <laughs> Speaking of things I will remember. Man. The possible end of El Asico after we've just gotten the brand moving. Why are we laughing? Oh, it's terrible. But okay. we're Yeah, no, it's not good, but like, okay. damn. Just checking. At yeah. least it went out on middle. It's this whole thing has gotten very strange, right? Because here are the things that have happened associated with this game. Um, the Iowa band, I believe, said that they had been verbally, sexually, and physically assaulted by Iowa State fans. Serious allegation, fucked up, et cetera, et cetera. But I think they also were frustrated because if if I'm right here. They felt Iowa did not take their concerns seriously. Wait, their own school didn't pay attention to it? I think that's right. I think they were pissed at Gary Barta. What the hell? 
Um, now there's all this there's all this back and forth going on between like who knew what and who said what. Um, Iowa State released a surveillance video showing oh, that dear. showing like where the band left and basically zapruding like well it'd be hard to interact with fans from where from this gate. Oh god. So like the whole thing is a fucking mess. And on top of that, um we've already had the 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 beer man dude had to apologize for bad tweets. Man, everything about this year's Iowa Iowa State game is just a fucking mess. Wait, who apologized for bad tweets? Everyone should, but who some did? some some rando guy who I think at game day was basically like need money for more bush light. Got a bunch of money. Said he was going to give it all to the Iowa Children's Hospital. Oh! But then somebody went and was like, "Hey, back in 2012 or something, you here's some here's some bad tweets from Facebook posts." <sighs> so he apologized. I think Budweiser formally disassociated themselves oh, with this Jesus. man. Uh-huh. And in the same week, um, that's up there with being banned from Valdosta. I think Natty Natty Lights Spark like. Um, White Claw knockoff became the official sparkling beverage of Iowa State. It, everything mm-hmm. is a mess, man. Everything is a mess. That's, that's. I wish it was the official beverage of the state of Iowa. But hey, they got game day. Yeah. And hey, and hey, the game took ten hours to complete. The game took ten hours, and the Lord did not want it to happen. Yeah, but Kirk Herbstreit wasn't allowed to leave the entire time, which is great. So now it might not. In all seriousness, Iowa State, both sides are sort of like considering not playing this game going forward. Can't blame them. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I'm glad that this has launched. El Asico has now required a full multiple week investigation and a decontamination phase. And eventually, on the Wikipedia page, there will be a section disavowal by Bush Light. (laughs) That's no more, no more hurtful thing for an Iowan than Bush Light formally casting you out of the kingdom. What am I supposed to? What am I supposed to build my utility shed with now? John Fick, you are excommunicado. <laughs> no. <laughs> you can go you can go over there and drink ultra. No. It's very right. hydrating. Anyway, we're going to talk about some of the positive things or at least interesting things from this season to date. Should we just start with our most beloved cherished son? The Joe one Burrow? the one the only the ultimate Jason's boy, who's finally made him proud. Well, you were proud anyway, but eh, I'm one eh. of those. I'm one of those hardcore football dads, you know, where it's like, am I proud? You're so gonna, you're going to ask the question, right? Yeah, it's it's up for you to constantly wonder, you know, until you're like 85, and then you're like, I did make him proud, you know, and you've been treating your kids the whole way, and guess what? They're awesome at football too. So. I think we can agree Joe Burrow is our September Heisman winner for this year, right? Like, I mean, the, the stats alone. Uh, the, really, the only other option would be Jalen Hurts, and everyone is bored, tired of Oklahoma. So you got you got you got to pass the honor. So to sort of, I think, set the stage for uh, the discussion in this episode, uh, sixteen minutes in is <laughs> a look back at the past decade of Heisman uh, September Heisman winners, and I'll try and keep this pretty brief. But like each 
one of these guys, almost all of these guys, we looked at them at the end of September like, wow, there's your Heisman winner. Book it. It's done. The race G- is over. Geno imagine- Smith. Yes, he's dead center in this list. So 2008, <laughs> Sam Bradford. He does go on to win. That's a rarity. Uh, put up about a billion yards against TCU in Cincinnati and Washington. Uh, a billion yards against 2008 Washington. That turned out to be pretty common. 2009, Case Keenum. Doing his usual thing. Uh, beat Oklahoma State and Texas Tech. Houston's flying high. And he begins October by throwing 536 yards, five touchdowns, zero interceptions, and a loss to UTEP. UTEP played football in those days. 2010, Denard Robinson put 500 yards up at Notre Dame for an undefeated Michigan. You are the September Heisman. 2011, this is my favorite one. It's Case Keenum again <laughs> in his 19th is, year of college football. Is he the, without you know too many spoilers, is he the only multiple september heisman winner yeah as far see, back as yeah as far back as i took this stuff the archie no we'll just say forever for history we won't find another one i mean i haven't looked at archie's september who knows who knows how hard he started uh 2012 of course that is geno smith 2013 johnny manzel coming off an actual heisman i think this is the first time this has ever been done the, the man so monopolized headlines that even when he put up like 80 yards against rice it was still the talk of college football because he gotten himself suspended for that uh 2014 the other most september heisman guy kenny thrill hill wow trill excuse me yeah a&m should probably sponsor this trophy forgot the houstonness uh 2015 leonard fournette the auburn gifts book it hands down gonna win the heisman 2016 lamar jackson he actually won that's cool uh, 2017, Saquon Barkley. People noticed all the big runs, and eventually they noticed there were no medium or small runs, just big runs. Uh, 2018, Tua. Hit, like, looking at the numbers of his start, it is insane that someone ended up with a better season because it's not like Tua got bad. He just, you know, faced tougher defenses, got, got a little hurt. Yeah. But his first six games, we did a post last year. You compare those, his first six games, to any six-game combo by any previous Heisman quarterback, and Tua's were better. That's completely insane. That brings us to 2019. Joe Burrow, hands down, best quarterback in the country. Yeah, Joe. Greatest quarterback of all time, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah on case. pace, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so far, by the way, Joe Burrow, if you'll remember, having my favorite thing, the uh, inability to complete 50% of his, his passes, right? Which took him from joking people's Heisman favorite to, oh, no, he's actually going to win the real thing because this year – Joe Burrow's completion percentage, 80%. <laughs> he's, 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 he managed to improve, like, one person changing the way that they did things improved his completion percentage by, like, 30%. He improved by an entire college Josh Allen. Have you seen that very, <sighs> um, that very not, not great movie, Lucy? No. The one, the one where Scarlett Johansson is a robot or alien or something. No, she's not. No, she's a regular person, but she gets some sort of like experimental drug that unlock. It's one of those movies that's like humans only use fifteen percent of sure, their brain. Sure. It was what like, if what can- if Limitless and Lisa Frank made a movie together? My favorite quote about that movie is she said, "Even I didn't understand it." Yep, that's but that's Joe Burrow's season where you're just like, you can do all these things now. Why? Because we didn't have time for that exposition. Just accept it. <laughs> At least Joe Burrow got his limitless, you know, season, his moment, the big turning point, and something public that people could watch. Like somebody out there is having a limitless moment as like a cobbler, right? Yeah. Like, damn, this guy can shoot. Look at him go. 
sold that bitch. Wow. <laughs> Keep going. Somewhere out there, there is I a great. I want to hear more. Have you seen this dude's shoe? The greatest cobbler of all time. <laughs> that said, if you are having a limitless month, please let us know. I would love to yeah. celebrate yeah. Pe- ordinary people having their Joe Burrow month. Like, you could go limitless in, like, battle toads, which actually I would love. Yeah. To that's be. a good just skill. Ease, man. That's just a, uh, yeah, that's just a uh, a speedrunner ranking. Uh, I, sh- I googled best shoe cobbler ever, and it appears this no one has made this post, so someone do that. There's web traffic to be had. Yep. Um. So, yeah, we're very proud of Joe Burrow. And Jason, right now, if you had to project where he will fall in terms of end of the season, you know, is he – if we're, we're looking at a scale of, let's call it Lamar Jackson to mm, Kenny Hill. Sure. <laughs> probably – I would say – uh, he probably won't like uh transfer. Didn't Kenny Hill transfer shortly after that? That sounds mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Yeah. So let's say closer to Lamar than Kenny Hill. Okay. Okay. Speaking of, are we gonna remember the Derek King? Yeah, thing? Kenny Hill transferred to TCU. Are we gonna remember the Derek King thing from this September? I mm. still haven't figured it out because he's okay. like, he's like, yeah, I'm just gonna take the season off, not transferring though. And it's like, are you, are you hurt? Like I don't think anyone knows what's going on. Just so. gonna just gonna cryogenically freeze myself. Hyper sleep time. See you in twenty twenty. Like is Houston just simming to twenty twenty? I think so. Yes, I think that is very much what's happening. Like if they just come out and say that, then I'm like, okay. Like no, I, 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 I think that. I think if Dana could get away with it, he'd just be like, yeah, we forfeit the rest. We'll see you next year. <laughs> like is is he just gonna go on Instagram and get a round the world ticket and just you know. Be a traveling influencer for the year, right? I'm Derek King, and this, this is Tonga. Do, 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 do. Welcome. Like, I would love to see that. Like, what if Derek King just was like, man, I just wanted to travel. Football's kind of boring. Need to recharge. What if he is a travel Instagram influencer, but only in the Houston metro area? Sure. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> it's like I've traveled to the exotic highlands region. We're over in, I plan on- <laughs> Climb the I, highest peak in Houston. An overpass. <laughs> I think I need a visa, but once that's approved, I will be taking myself to Sugarland. I think it's a really great uh, illustration of how great it is to be a college student in general and how like shitty it is day to day to be a college student who's also an elite athlete. Wait, you mean I can be an elite athlete without being on the football team and still be a college student? Awesome. It's probably the only good part about college college athletes not getting paid is you can do this and nobody can be like, but but we We're taking back your signing bonus. <laughs> yeah. Like Melvin Gordon. I'm not supposed held to out. say that out loud. Oh. Mel- Melvin Gordon held out, ended up being fruitless, lost a bunch of money in fines and in uncollected game checks, didn't work out at all. Derek King can hold out for the rest of the season. And like, what? oh, how many game checks you can take? Cool. <laughs> They're going to take back that knowledge, Ryan. Yeah, that's, what it's, that's what's going to happen. I mean, maybe it's just he said he wanted to maximize his time at the University of Houston when to get that doctorate. I don't know. Whatever, when, when we eventually pay players, you know that the people who will be most tyrannical are the coaches with the smallest payrolls, right? Like that, the coach at... The coach at Alabama, 
the coach at Alabama will eventually have to balance a pretty deep payroll, right? With people who make stuff, who make, you know, sums that are pretty comparable across the board. So it's going to be hard to sort of balance all of those. But the people who will be the most tyrannical will be the people at like Temple, right? Or the people at Boise State. They'll be the ones who are like, you don't make $250 a game to loaf, son. Yeah, U- ULM, ULM scraping scraping yeah. dimes together. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> Definitely not already tired thinking about it. <laughs> just just some, some coach assaulting a kid over like... Oh, you know, and oh. just Twitter users being like, he makes 37 grand. And I, I apparently in this scenario, no one pointing out the NCAA is still clearing a billion a year. I oh. mean, listen... The financials are pretty upside down for the NFL Players Association vis-a-vis the NFL as well, and people are still willing to tell you what overpaid, spoiled babies NFL yeah, players are. Yeah, that's true. That's so, true. I think I, want- I think ULM's ULM's kicker should should only get fourteen credit hours. I want a situ. I want two situations to happen. One, I want a situation where the ULM kicker making twenty two grand legitimately calls someone in the stands broke boy. <laughs> Right. I'm so- section. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't speak broke. <laughs> flexing on the entire student. Like fl- flexing. Like he's like, I got 32 grand now. That's fuck you money. Because it like 20, that is kind of fuck you money, right? Like, I don't know. I saved up like eight grand. I thought I'd just chill for a minute. I'm good. I think I'm on retire. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I want is for football to do this first so that basketball can see the sums involved and then go, shh. No, we all make more money right now. Stop. <laughs> don't just keep, like, like Calipari is going to be like, I don't know about that. I can't. Yeah. Calipari just openly stumping for his players. I can't have my guys out here taking pay cuts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he makes, listen, he's got a family to support and he already makes 600 grand. That's a cruelty. You can't do that to my player. He says, coughing up hundreds. <laughs> just, I love Calipari so much. Like, I like Kentucky fans because they don't even get mad about that. They're like, hey, man, listen, he's a job creator. He's a provider. That <laughs> man puts food on the table. man in college sports. <laughs> and, like, and, and, like, yeah, you wouldn't, like, I would, like, would you trust him? No. Is he going to get me paid? Absolutely. Um, can I can I give out a few assies of my own? It's sure. assy time. So, um, because I'm a broken person, uh, I went through and I found the wins with a heavy what the fuck attached to them from so far in this college football season. And you'll see what I mean uh, with this first example. This is the team. I Now, for this one, I did go power five. There was a group of five teams, San Diego State, that I could have pulled instead, but that just seemed unnecessary. Uh, this is the game with the worst yards per play on offense in a win. It's a Power 5 team. Does anybody want to guess which? I'll even tell you it's an ACC team. Does anybody want to guess which team this is? Miami. Nope. Wow. The answer is Georgia Tech. Whoa. In their, in, in their 14, oh, right. They have a win. In their 14-10 win over USF. Um they averaged 3.7 yards per play in this win on offense. USF, the team they beat, a full yard ahead of them at 4.7. How did this happen? 
Six of Georgia Tech's 21 first downs came by way of penalty. Um, In the second half of this game, Georgia Tech scored both their their touchdowns in the first half. They did not get inside the USF 40. So this gets the assy for most most beleaguered offense in a victory. Um, A very different assy. This one goes for most turnovers in a win. I think... Any of you, all I know, all three of you remember this game, but I'm not sure if you can identify it without any clues. But I'll, let's see, who do you think has the most turnovers in a win? This is not a Power Five school. I hope it's Hawaii. It mm. is Hawaii. Yeah, I was just I was gonna go I was gonna go that based off Cole McDonald alone. Uh, yeah, it's the Hawaii. It's the opening game for Hawaii, Hawaii, Arizona, a game in which Hawaii had six turnovers. That's the most by any FBS team in a win this year. Uh, nobody else even has five in a win. There are a few teams with four. Um, I did not remember exactly like how stupid this game was. Hawaii in this game, 3 of 11 on third down. Mm. Arizona won the turnover battle by four. And, <laughs> and scored touchdowns on, scored touchdowns, mind you, on four of the six turnovers that Hawaii committed. And Hawaii still won this game 45-38. I'm so proud of them for for to turn the ball over six times and give up a bunch of touchdowns because of those turnovers and still win over a Pac-12 team when you are not a Power 5 team. That's fucking beautiful. By a yard. That's like you have to always have the context yep. there of yep. they won it by a yard. By a because, single yard. Yes, by a guy who by the who ran, I believe, 40 yards to make that tackle. Yes. A, a defensive, defensive lineman. lineman. Yeah. Uh, most penalties in a win. Y'all are not going to guess this one, and that's okay. Uh, this is Louisiana 45, Ohio 25, a recent game. In this game, the Raging Cajuns had 16 penalties for 161 yards. So far this season, there are 13 teams that have played at least three games that have not, in total, reached 16 penalties. There are 32 teams that have played at least three games that don't have 161 yards in penalty yardage. The best part was how it happened. They had two penalties in the first quarter, four in the second, four in the third, and then six penalties accepted in the fourth quarter. Just beautiful. Like Finish strong. Other than that, Louisiana won this game pretty easily on every other metric. They won the turnover battle, yards per play they were better, blah, 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 blah. But 16 penalties and a win, that's just like, that should not be ignored. And I didn't. I didn't ignore it. Um, my last assy is for most yards per play allowed in a win. I'm going to let y'all get, I don't think y'all will get this, but I will let you guess. Most yards allowed in most a win. most yards per play allowed in a win. <sighs> Can be somebody's throwing haymakers and missing. I'm gonna guess it involves Vanderbilt. Mm, I'm gonna guess it involves. Has Vanderbilt won a game yet? I think they beat a FCS team. I don't know. I don't know if they've got a win. I'm I'm just gonna throw a wild at Texas. Uh no, it's Southern Miss. UCLA is in second place with that Wazoo game. Um. <sighs> So UCLA in the Wazoo game, they did a, that is the most total yards allowed. It is not the most yards per play. They allowed 8.8 yards per play. Southern Miss 47, Troy 42. Troy had 8.9 yards per play and lost. Um, this is in part because as bad as Southern Miss was on defense in this game, 
Troy was pretty much just as bad. Troy uh, averaged 11.7 yards per passing attempt. Southern Miss, 13.8. In this game, Troy had scoring drives of 93, 97, 80, and 77 yards. (laughs) (laughs) But Southern Miss Miss still won by five. And And I I say this mostly to illustrate that I am probably guilty of this more than anybody else on this podcast. We'll get to the part of the year where we start doing previews. And to do that, we start looking at how a team did last year. And normally, I would just gloss over this and say, like, okay, well, how did Southern Miss look last year? Who'd they beat? Okay, they beat Troy in a close game. Cool. But I want to remember that they didn't just beat Troy in a close game. They beat Troy while allowing nearly nine yards of play. I want to hold that close to my heart. And those are my assies for this point in the year. That's special. Little mementos. Mm-hmm. I think we got to get the Georgia Tech's penalty-based offense matched up against ULL, UL Lafayette, Louisiana, Lafayette, Louisiana. <laughs> All yeah, of that, that would be perfect, yeah. Jason, uh, do you, Jason, you have a special a special mention? Well, um, here's a quick one. I want to give out the September Bryce Love to the player who has just peeled off the most um, big, just big explosions. Antonio Gandy-Golden, an awesome name of Liberty. Uh, it's, it's So there's one good thing about Liberty. Leads the nation in 20-yard plays and 50-yard plays and has two 60-yarders. Uh, also, Liberty is the academic equal of Bryce Love's alma mater. Bryce Love's alma mater. So there's that. Uh, Spencer, are we t- is it time to talk about total tackles? It's time to talk about it's time to talk about the monster what lives out west. <laughs> the the bear will just put his put his paws on you and drag you down. Yeah, you know the bear who'll frankly, according to the stats and the game tape, he'll show up just to drag anyone down, right? So if there's if there's another bear taking something down, he'll show up just to clean up. Just to be like, hey brother, there you go. It's a good looking deer. <laughs> Thought I might get to your lunch to you a little bit quicker. All right, have a good one. Yeah, that's because um, that's because Cal, as it stands, and I say that because if you know Cal football, you have to say at this moment, because it's not like Cal will stay four and zero. No, but by definition, they can't. Right, they do have to play other games. I agree. They, no, they could do the Houston thing. That's yeah, we're taking the year off, we're simming. <laughs> What are you doing? And that would be a very Cal thing to do, to be like, 4-0? Good enough for me, bro. Thank you. Life, life's about adding. Life's about asking for just enough. Here's, you know what? What, here's what you do, Cal. Stop playing after this. Demand a playoff spot. You're undefeated. <laughs> You're undefeated in power conference. And you know what? In the Pac-12, it might be the soundest strategy, right? It really might, to just go, hey, we're undefeated. Yeah, but you stop playing after, yeah. the, after game four. Yeah, because we saw what Utah did. Yeah, learned. imagine how healthy we are now. We're playoff shape. That's right. Yeah, low mileage, baby. Come on. Life's about management, all right? How many people do four things all year? Think about it. Yeah, this is like when, you know, a good NBA team shuts down its stars at the end of the year Yeah, to and rest them for the playoffs. So yep, kind- Cal is just like a good NBA team. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Cal's more like the uh, Detroit Pistons from any <laughs> year, really. Yeah, they're, they're kind of like the old Pistons or the old, like, bully Knicks. Right. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> they really are. You're like, hey, do you like scoring? Cool. Cool. Instead, Charles you can watch this. Here. <laughs> you should you, you you know, there's other things to watch. 
<laughs> Meet linebacker Ben Wallace. So yeah, so uh, so Evan Weaver's kind of our Bill Lambeer. Yeah, Evan yeah. Weaver is definitely the big the big bear, the guy who the guy who will you know just out there wrapping him up, even if he's not going to take him home. Right, Evan Weaver, lineman uh, for total tackles. Okay, this is this is both solo and assists. All right, uh, to this point. Evan Weaver has 63 total, okay? And that's an astonishing stat because number two, number two has 47 at this point. A full 16 tackles between them, like standard deviations above everyone else. Against Ole Miss in the 28-20 victory by the Bears over Ole Miss, which, yeah, take that. Speaking of taking things to the bank, hey, beat an SEC team at home. On the road. That's what we did. Which SEC team? We beat an SEC team. On the road. That's it. One and oh. One and oh, y'all. <laughs> was it was it a very uh a very it was scary an, environment? It was an SEC town. <laughs> it was an SEC it was very moist. It was humid and very warm. Don't sleep on that part. Can we um can we talk about um what Evan Weaver said after this game? But it, please. Okay, so in the post game, I believe uh, after the game, a reporter's asking him like, "What was the uh, what was the message to the defense at halftime?" Um, and he said, "I mean, there wasn't really a message. I'm just gonna say it. He's not the greatest quarterback in the world." <laughs> he obvi- so he talked trash to us. He obviously can't put his money where his mouth is. We shut him up good. That's Matt. I mean, that referring to Ole Miss quarterback Matt. Um, is he corral or coral? Sure, I have yeah. no idea. But I don't think we need to worry. About I'm I'm not going to watch enough Ole Miss football for that. Yeah. to be <laughs> this will yeah. be the last time we discuss their team. For a while. Mac, he's like the he's like the Xerox copy of Chad Kelly. You know, Chad Kelly was <laughs> mimeographed. Chad yeah, Kelly. he was, he was like a fascinating. He was a fascinating quarterback with astonishing talent who kind of made things happen and talk shit and. Matt Corral kind of does that without without the beating Alabama part. I also liked um, Evan Weaser, Weaver also said. Evan Weaser would be an entirely different problem. He said, they're from the SEC. They think they can bring it to anyone. We woke up at 3 a.m. our time this morning. We could have played at 1 a.m., 4 a.m., 11 p.m. <laughs> Devastating. Anywhere Gallo, you go. Gallo's always awake. Yeah. <laughs> That's Evan Weaver, man. He's the bear who's he's the bear who makes every dumpster unsafe at every hour because he's gonna tackle it. Yeah, get you, into you, it. You have to hang your you have to uh, hang your food up high because Evan Weaver will take it at three a.m. I I like it because this in true bear fashion, this is the part of the year where Evan Weaver's like got to get as many tackles as I can, got to make it through the long winter. <laughs> that's that's true. That's how football works. <laughs> About there won't be so, many chances to tackle people in January. About to get <laughs> so for Cal. get so sleepy. Fill that so, me. Total tackles is like my favorite stat because it's really close to meaningless. Like we're using it here, you know. Evan Weaver clearly a good player. This is not to trash him at all. Like once you're so far oh, no, ahead of everyone him. else, you're clearly accomplishing something. But like you look back through the leaders in total tackles from any particular year, and you're like, who? Who? Right? Like you go back through raw passing yards, 
that sounds like total bullshit. Like you, you should go by passer rating. You should go by yards. Like the the passer rating, the the raw passing yards leaders over the last decade. It's like suddenly they're all NFL starters. Gardner Minshew is an NFL starter, right? Like Case Keenum is on seven NFL rosters at any given point. But like you can do that with rushing yards, receiving yards. Like these are not the best numbers, and you shouldn't go by just numbers. Blah blah blah. But those guys get drafted. Whereas here are the the last. Uh, 10 total tackles leaders. Let's see. One, two, three, four guys were undrafted and never played in the NFL. One converted to fullback and is still in the league. A seventh rounder, Scooby Wright, is an Arizona Hotshots legend and I think on the Pats roster now, of course. Shocks no one. Uh, Two were fifth rounders and NFL backups. The one left over, the one hot album every 10 years average is Luke Keekley. Luke Keekley, the only exception to the racking up tons and tons and tons of tackles rule doesn't really mean anything. Um, and the thing about him is he did it two years in a row with like complete dominance, being good at everything about football. Like with him, it wasn't just, you know, it's a big number. It was actually exemplary of his skills as a football player. Meanwhile, on the other side, last decade, the first linebacker drafted off the board, uh, the only one of them to even rank in the top 30 in total track tackles in his last year's college football was Luke Keekley. Most of the time, the best linebacker, according to the NFL draft, didn't even rank in the top 100 in total tackles. Like, total tackle, this, like, it's a hilarious stat for this reason. Because, like, you have to do something with the number. And if it's huge, like Evan Weavers, you have to appreciate it, you know. But, like, it's perfect because it means so very little. I think my favorite thing about his is usually if you lead the country in total tackles, that means you're a linebacker for a defense that doesn't get off the field. But Cal's defense is great. So right. like, but because think, but because of their offense, they don't really get off the field. Right, they are, they are always <laughs> back on the field. <laughs> it's a it's it's a high performance defense, and by that I mean there's a high percentage of the time that they are performing on the field. They got a tempo defense. I also like that to this point in the season, he is likelier to keep up his pace uh, than some of his high volume tackle peers because they play for actual bad teams that probably won't make bowl games. There's a lot of those in there. He also has a track record. He was number seven in tackles per game last year. So Evan Weaver, I let's, let's say fifth rounder. We'll see some time in the NFL. How about that? I wasn't okay. joking about him being like, like the, the point guard of bears, right? Distributing evenly against old miss took 11 tackles for himself and had 11 assists. Perfectly balanced. It's nice. It is, is also a point guard line. like it is also extremely great to go beat Ole Miss in Oxford and then talk about it, but uh, talk a bunch of shit about how Ole Miss isn't that good at football. Like, Specifically to talk shit about another player. Yeah. I like right? it for two reasons, because it's not like Ole Miss fans are ever going to go to Berkeley to come find you. Right. right. <laughs> the other is Matt Corral. Corral is from California. And yep. yeah, so there's that. He doesn't even he doesn't even look good in a fitted. Oh damn. <laughs> damn. Jesus, damn. He has bad taste in energy drinks. Oh! That dude can't skateboard. No. He can't even Ollie. Cal, by the way, side note, they beat UC Davis by two scores on August 31st. And then one games against Washington. Washington by one point. Oh yeah. It's a real good team. That's understandable. Close game, 2019. Then they beat North Texas by six. And then they beat Old Miss, a bad football team. It's like Old Miss's branding. Old Miss, comma, a bad football team. I, they beat- I, I know that we're not really doing like previews and stuff anymore. I am going to watch Arizona State Cal 
a, a 10:30 Friday night game just to see how how like locked in the mud we can get cuz man this 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 fucker has 9 to 4 written all over it let's do it like how much caffeine are you doing here oh, god i might i might have to like i might have to start using cocaine that's a fucking northwestern michigan state kicking off damn near midnight yep yeah, no, I'm steering the other way and Hell seeing yeah, if I could come it. out the other side. We're gonna do, you know, get some promethazine going. <laughs> just, I'm the only person who'll be watching this and thinking, "Oh, this is fast." I am. I am <laughs> incredible. Most, I am. I I recognize this will not happen. I really want us to get into November with a still undefeated cow, who at that point will have beaten. If they get that far, they will have beaten Washington, Oregon, and Utah. And if they've beaten those three teams going into November, it's kind of hard to make a case for why they wouldn't just finish these year undefeated. I honestly don't know what we would do as a society <laughs> with this Cal team undefeated. And and being able to say things like, yeah, we beat we beat all the top teams in the Pac-12 and we beat Old Miss. They're not great, but they're uh, you know, a Power 5 opponent, beat them in a true road game. Like I don't I, I, what would we do? So I, I think uh, my favorite part of it would be SEC fans trying to reconcile like, yeah, they play <laughs> they play big boy defense with they are one and oh against the SEC yeah, with yeah. Ugh, West Coasters. Yep. There'd be a lot going on in the SEC fans brain. Yep. Yep. Like I've I had a good time looking through records at this point and going, Hey, which teams would be an appalling challenge to the playoff system and a waste of a slot who yet who we could <laughs> Who we could, you know, still comfortably say no, right? Like, for instance, at this point, if Cal wins and they were undefeated and they were Pac-12 champs, based on the last five to ten years of Pac-12 performance, they might tell them no. It might just be they would not. No. They would not tell them no. That's not true. Just no. Just no. How about Cal Wisconsin Rose Bowl? Wow. <laughs> I hope the Rose Bowl, the Rose Parade theme that year is, is like something really like throwbacky. <laughs> if we have a Cal Wisconsin Rose Bowl, we should force like twenty Michigan fans to go and watch the whole thing. I think watch I would, it, uh, man. I'd go. That'd be a, that's going to be eleven five. Oh yeah, that'll be something special. And you know what? One of those coaches will win. And they'll have one more Rose Bowl win than Bo Schembechler. And after an hour and 47 minutes, the Rose Bowl is over. <laughs> All of the people who just watched for the parade think, finally, yeah, finally, they, they, they get the this right. shorter than the parade. <laughs> yeah. How long finally. is the parade? I don't know. The parade is, it doesn't matter how long it is. It's way more popular than the game. Yeah. <laughs> like Garden like Garden Nation turns out hard for the Rose oh, yeah. Parade. You know, nobody wants to volunteer for the game, but for the parade, they have like armies of people ready to go who are like, yeah, man, show me flowers on wheels. This is why we got to hope the um, the academic scandal never touches the Tournament of Roses parade, because that's where things will be like, oh, my God, the corruption really good. Nobody cares that USC is involved yeah. in a scandal. If the Rose Parade be like that, people were bribing their way into, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Other other teams that are currently undefeated that I believe would be an absolute horror and a choice a choice for a playoff committee with nose held firmly Virginia. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Yeah. Cause Cause it, now, the one thing that they can do with Virginia is because they just won the basketball title, the TV networks can be like, well, all right, we can play that. We can sort of piggyback that mm. and make it like Virginia, the, the the elite academic athletic, blah, blah, blah. Like, they can do, they can work with that. It's not ideal, but they can. Fortunately, that was but a ruse to get you to strike down my dummy, the bait of UVA, and reveal the real <laughs> monster behind it from the ACC. And that's an undefeated 4-0 Wake Forest. Yep. The smallest fan base in college football, ACC champions, somehow beating Clemson and going to the playoff and saying, oh, we have a spot, don't we? Wow. Um, the playoff, the ticket allotment is what? Ooh, geez. Um, 500. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Let's do a uh, Wake Forest Memphis semifinal game. If everyone calls their grandma, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we can do We can. Wake Forest would be the only team in the playoff where they would go, so you guys need a bus. All right. For the record, if and there's another bus, if there's a Wake Forest, if Wake Forest makes the playoff, we will attend. We'll figure out a way to do like a group trip to that, right? So, like, it, what is what is the stat about like living Wake Forest alumni? Like, could they even fill half of the Peach Bowl? No. Like, if all of them went, I don't think it's much more than two hundred thousand. Like, it can't be that many. Total. It's a very like ever including dead people. Yeah, like I think total. Okay, I don't. I just don't think there. If are that all many the people. Wake Forest alumni rise from the graves and the crypts, that would be pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, Peach Bowl full of dead demons. The demon deacons powers dead revealed. Demon deacons. Yeah. All right, I'm on board. Uh, what else did we have here? Oh, one uh, one other very fun stat. Uh. Def, def, defensive players are very difficult to quantify with uh, conventional statistics. Interceptions is another one that, like, it's fun to look at and it's fun to gawk at, but, like, don't put too much stock in it, usually. Um, similar to tackles, and I think tackles for loss is pretty useful. But so, like, this dude has, this dude gets his hands on a lot of passes. Maybe he's a really great defensive backer. Maybe he just gets thrown back, thrown at all the time, right? Um, so, like, how most, I think most media people handle, like, oh, shit, I got to vote for an All-America, four All-America defensive backs? I only know of one. Is, like, you just sort of look at their stats, add them all up, whoever has the biggest number in a power conference. Yeah, that guy, that guy. Um, this year's September interceptions leader in the Power Five is an actually very cool player, Arizona's Jace Whitaker, who missed all of his senior year due to two back-to-back injuries, but stayed fully engaged, became, like, a sort of like a junior cornerbacks coach um, came back as a redshirt senior. He was going to start at corner one day before the opener. They say, Hey, you, you should, you should take a few practice reps at safety just in case. Guess what happens in the opener against Hawaii? <laughs> he has to play safety. He gets two interceptions as a safety and they're like, huh? Okay. That's good to know. So they move him back to his regular position. And then two weeks later, move him back to safety again. So they just, they, they constantly move him, even during games. Uh, that really doesn't have much to do with him leading the uh, Power Five in interceptions, but I will say I hope he keeps it up and has that to show for all of his very versatile labors. What you're describing is a situation that makes me think everything's fine in Arizona. <laughs> the only good thing is the guy who will play any position on a moment's notice, yes. 